physically, as far as fibro was concerned, like my joints hurt, I was tired, I had headaches all the time, like I was just grouchy. I didn't want to be around people. And I really was afraid. I was like, I don't think I can do this. Like, and the first, the first day, I think it was the second day, um, one of the coaches introduced me to his mom, who was 65, maybe, who was there doing it. And she was like, yeah, I have fibromyalgia too. And I was like, uh, of course you do. <laughs> like the 65 year old grandma over here is doing CrossFit and I'm saying that I can't. And well, that excuse went out the window. Oh, that's funny. That's funny how sort of the, the right people in the right places can make you put things in perspective. Hello, and welcome to Pursuing Health. I'm Dr. Julie Fouché, family physician and former CrossFit Games athlete. Here, I bring you information and inspiration to help bridge the gap between fitness and medicine and support your journey toward your healthiest self. This episode is one of a series of Pursuing Health stories. Here, I feature the inspiring stories of regular, everyday people who've used lifestyle to overcome some incredible health challenges. But before I dive in, I do want to make it clear that this podcast is for general information only and does not provide medical advice. I recommend that you seek assistance from your personal physician for any health conditions or concerns. This episode is the first in that story series where I sit down with Olivia Vollmer, a recent college graduate who shares her journey with fibromyalgia, weight loss, anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, and an eating disorder. I had first heard parts of her story several years ago and was inspired to hear how she's overcome so many challenges by focusing on what is within her control to change. I was really excited to catch up with her recently and hear how her journey has evolved, how she found the courage to get started with CrossFit in the first place, and the advice that she helps to give others to get started on their own health journeys. Remember also that because we are committed to not taking on sponsors for the podcast in order to remain as unbiased as possible for you, we really can only continue to do what we do here with the support of our subscribers. So for less than the cost of a latte every single month, you can support the podcast and also take advantage of perks like workout programs, exclusive discount codes to products and services that we use ourselves, and monthly live subscribers-only Q&A sessions. You can head to pursuing-health.com forward slash subscribe to learn more. Again, that's pursuing-health.com forward slash subscribe. Before we dive into the episode, we do want to make it clear that this podcast is for general information only and does not provide medical advice. We recommend that you seek assistance from your personal physician for any health conditions or concerns. And finally, if you or someone you know has an inspiring story to share, that you'd like to see featured on an upcoming episode of the Pursuing Health podcast, let us know at pursuing-health.com forward slash share-your-story. Again, that's pursuing-health.com forward slash share-your-story. Now, let's get started with the episode. Welcome to Pursuing Health. I'm really excited to be here with Olivia Vollmer. And you go by Olivia or Liv, I saw on your Instagram. Either one. Kind of depends. Okay, fair enough. (laughs) Well, I'm really excited to be able to sit down with you today. I first heard a little bit about your story in 2016. And it's been several years since then. And I'm excited to hear how your story has evolved um, even since then. So 
We were just talking that you just graduated from college. So congratulations on that. Thank you. I know it's, um, you were just saying, you know, it's not a typical graduation experience that one would want here in 2020, but nonetheless, you know, a lot to be proud of for everything that you've been working towards for the last four years. Um, And I know a lot of, you know, like your first, when I first heard your story, you said it's 2016 was right when you were starting college. but, you know, your story starts much earlier than that and your health journey starts much earlier than that. And I know you had a lot of challenges even in early in childhood. So can you take us back to what it was like growing up? I know you grew up, you grew up in Ohio, correct? Or, okay. Yep. Yeah. Northwest Ohio. Okay. Um, yeah. So starting out, I mean, the first few years were pretty normal. I mean, whatever. Um, but my mom passed away when I was seven. So that was kind of just like right off the bat. She was really sick. Wow. Um, I don't really remember her not sick. Um, so she had scleroderma and her passing was, it was rough. Um, now it's kind of something I look back on and honestly, like I remember it, but it's more of like a dream wow. because I mean, I was seven and now I'm almost 23. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's not a lot of things that I think I remember from being seven. So, yeah. So that happened and I kind of just like finished the school year. Um, my grandma had moved in with us. Um, my parents were separated. It was, I mean, it was very civil. Like I saw both of them every day, but, um, so I finished out the school year and then I moved to live with my dad. Mm-hmm. And, um, I like, honestly, for a parent, passing away I was probably the most prepared I possibly could have been I was in grief counseling before she passed away um (laughs) so I was really thankful for that but obviously I still like I did not have the brain power to process that at seven um and as everything was turbulent I mean my mom passed away and I moved to a new school district in the matter of three months um and just everything changed I went from living with my mom to living with my dad to living with no siblings to living with one of my brothers and just everything changed um and food was really the only thing that was very it was solid it was there I never had to question where it was coming from um so I kind of just turned to that for comfort mm-hmm. and uh my dad didn't really say anything about it um which like pretty much I don't want to say both sides of my family are overweight but it wasn't something like exercise wasn't really a common thing Mm-hmm. healthy eating wasn't um, something that was encouraged necessarily and I don't remember if it was before my mom passed or after but somewhere around there um, my grandma and my dad took me to this nutritionist and I talked about this on the CrossFit podcast mm-hmm. um, and I didn't really realize it then but she literally told me um, if you're hungry just don't eat because you need to lose weight that's um, advice for uh, how old yeah. <laughs> I was probably seven. Like that's not good advice. And that didn't last very long. Um, obviously looking back now, I'm like, wow, you should not have a job. Um, but that just kind of like turning to food for comfort continued on for years. I mean, I still, I don't think I stopped doing that until very recently. Um, like within the last few years. And I think for a lot of people. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's easy because it's there, like, and you can just go to it. And it's that, it's that instant gratification that we seek to have. Um, There's so many memories or associations, emotions you have associated with certain foods. So, 
Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think it was probably eighth grade, seventh or eighth grade when I went on my first diet okay. and was like, I think back on that now and I actually cringe because I literally just wasn't eating food. Like you were doing, I just wasn't (laughs) exactly like I just, and I had very minimal knowledge, like health class, which I'm actually friends with my middle school health and PE teachers still, and they're great people. Um, But it was just a really weird time. And I remember going to the doctor um, in eighth grade and being weighed and I think it was it was either 281 or 283 and I was like never never again um and I was in eighth grade like one that's not something I should be thinking about in eighth grade but two that's a problem like it goes both ways um so in high school it was just like a back and forth up and down like lose weight gain it all back plus some um and and were you doing that mainly in a similar way by like going periods without eating or were you doing other things to try to lose? Um, so I had a friend that ran and he tried to convince me to do cross country. And to this day, I still hate running. I still won't do it. Like that is just the one thing that I'm like, no, like there are so many other things I can do yeah. other than that. Um, but I did, like I started exercising some and like, I wouldn't say I wasn't eating, but at least at that point in time, um, but it would be like, I'd eat a granola bar for breakfast and then like half of a sandwich and cucumbers for lunch and then like whatever we had for dinner. So I was eating, but wasn't that not still, that's not enough food. And I know that. Um, that reminds me of that. Did you ever see the Devil Wears Prada that there's? The I actually haven't. Where, I don't know. It's been so long since I've seen it, but I always... My husband and I always joke about this line in the movie because she says, I'm trying this new diet where I just don't eat anything until I feel like I'm going to pass out. And then I eat a cube of cheese. <laughs> it's like, it's just crazy, but it sounds kind of similar where you're, you're just really depriving your body of any sort of nutrition. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it wasn't until um, senior year, like I graduated high school and I decided to take a year off before I went to college. Um, which P.S. I'm so glad I did that. I think everyone should do that. And what, um, what made you decide to do that? Because I think most high school seniors are thinking like, okay, where am I going to go to college? And what what put that idea in your head? And why did you want to do that at the time? So I initially was working with um, a missions organization, and I was planning to move to Ecuador for two years before college. Um, and some stuff happened with that organization that I was just like. I actually don't want to work with you. Um, But I made that decision that October. um, So it was too late to start. And I didn't want to start in the spring. I was like, I'll just wait a year. Um, And I'm really glad I did because I, my dad, um, so this was 2015. um, My dad had three heart attacks the week before Christmas. um, And he was like, I, I was with him when he was having them and didn't know he was having them. Um, That's scary. And like we went to bed that night. And the thing was, I remember I made like something for dinner that had bell peppers in it and they always gave him heartburn. So he's like, it's just that fine. Um, and he woke me up at, I don't know what, like five o'clock in the morning and told me he was going to the hospital. And I was like, do you want me to drive you? And he was like, no, it's fine. Well, turns out he was driving himself to the hospital in the middle of the third one. Wow. Um, so he was 
he was life lighted um, to Toledo, so like an hour from our house. And my grandma called me and was like, your dad's being life lighted. And like no other information, like, is he alive? Does he need to have surgery? Is he going to be okay? Like what is happening? Oh, and yeah. she's like, I don't know. I didn't ask. And I was like, oh, how do you not ask these questions? Like, <laughs> those are the things you should be asking. What happened um, in a panic mode? Uh, yeah. And like coming from me, not having my mom, it's, it's a big deal. Like that's my worst nightmare wow. every day. Um, so I go to the hospital and it was such a foreign thing to me that, I mean, I talked to the surgeon and he was like, we placed a stint, everything's fine. And I was like, wait, what? Like, that just didn't click with me. I hadn't, I was like, that doesn't make sense. Like, isn't there more that you have to do? Like, he can't just be better now. All of a sudden, um, so it turns out that he was smoking and he had stopped a long time before that and was doing it in secret, which caused some strain on that relationship. Um, smoking at the time. Yeah. So he had stopped when I was in fifth grade, I think. Um, and then apparently he had been doing it again for like two years. So I had no idea. I lived with him. So he was pretty sneaky, I guess. I guess so. Um, but yeah, so we talked about that and the doctors really just gave me all of the information mm-hmm. and yeah. I was like, okay, I'm sorry, what? How old at this point? This is right after high school. So you're like 18. Yeah. I had just turned 18 in October. Um, and the doctor said to me, and at first I was irritated by it, but looking back, I'm really thankful. He was like, his life is in your hands right now. Wow. And I took that very seriously. Um, but it was a flip of a switch overnight. Went from eating just garbage, like absolute garbage to I was making everything. I was like monitoring how much vitamin K he had because he was on like different medication and like had to watch different levels. And I was, I like became a pro on it for a while. And he went to cardiac rehab and he's great now. He lost like 180 pounds, I think. Um, which is awesome. And I love that he did it just by eating better and walking. Um, he'll never do CrossFit. He thinks that I'm crazy. Um, but that's fine. I'm like, Hey, as long as you're doing what you're doing now and you're going to be around for my grandkids, I don't care what you do. Um, but with that, like, obviously I wasn't cooking two meals. I was like, that's dumb. So I just started eating whatever he was eating. Um, but then that April, so April of 2016, I had to have surgery on my ankle. I had had a surgery previously. Um, I broke it. It never healed right. And now it's just a mess. Um, also why I don't run because it just hurts too. So we were like on a roll and then I had to have surgery and it just didn't really go the way we wanted it to. It wasn't like everything is fine. It's not like I had my foot amputated or something, but I ended up being on bed rest for a month and a half. Wow. Um, and it was in that time that I was like, wow, my joints just hurt. Like, why does everything hurt? And I was like, it's because I'm not doing anything. It's fine. So then I went to physical therapy. And at this time, I had been with these physical therapists like seven different times because the typical go to physical therapy. Oh, wait, you need surgery. Okay, now we need to go back. And we just continued that cycle. You're like- um, so they knew me. Yeah, I was. I was really good friends with them. I'm still friends with some of them because it was like a six-year relationship. 
Um, so I got to physical therapy and again, it was like, wow, like my hips just hurt. My knees hurt. Why does everything hurt? And I was like, it's whatever. It's just because something's like not aligned. Once this re-strengthens, it'll be okay. Like I'll stop compensating. So I made myself a promise. I was like, okay, if it's, if everything is still off when this is over, then I'll call my doctor. Knowing that my mom and every female in my family has an autoimmune disease, I was like, so that's always okay. Mind. Yeah. I was like, you probably should stop avoiding this and just go. Yeah. Um, and so I went to the doctor finally and just kind of explained it to him. And he was new. Um, I had just switched doctors like in the office. Mm-hmm. Um, so he like pulled out my mom's chart and like looked at all of her stuff. And was like, okay, yeah. Referred me to the rheumatologist. Rheumatologist was like, okay, you have fibromyalgia. We went through that whole thing. And that was just like, I was almost mad after like I was mad when I left that appointment because to me it was you're gonna have this for the rest of your life it's he literally said he's like it's never gonna get better it's only gonna get worse and I left and I was like man I'm stuck with it it's just gonna be awful and like it's not gonna kill me which sounds so bad but that's I mean that's the way he presented it um so did he present any like hope for it getting better he said the only thing that will potentially make it better for you is to start eating better and exercising. And I was like, okay. Um, and he really pushed plant-based eating. He actually legitimately said eat vegan. Um, so I was like, okay. I like, after I had my pity party for a couple of days because I was just frustrated. Um, I was like, okay. So I started walking and like doing yoga and I literally ate vegan for like two months. Um, but he also put me on medication and he, I mean, he really did explain, he's like, this is 80% your lifestyle, 20% the medication. Okay. Um, he's like, if you don't change your lifestyle, the medication is not going to help. Um, so I just had surgery, finished physical therapy, get this diagnosis. And I was like, wow, this is a lot. And I'm supposed to move to college in a month. Yeah. Not to mention and, you spend like all through all that with your dad and care of him. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're yeah. right. It's good you took a year in between. I was very glad that I did. Um, but I just I mean, I got super depressed, which that's kind of just a symptom with it. Um so at the time I blamed it on medication, was like, This is giving me suicidal thoughts, I don't wanna take it. Um, looking back now, I'm like, no, that was probably just me. That was probably just the circumstance. Um, and I have like the mental stability to own that. Um, and there's no shame in that either. Life was rough. Um, and you had, somebody, you had some struggles with anxiety and depression and even suicidal thoughts even prior to that, correct? Yeah. Um, that wasn't the first time, but that was, I would say that was the first time that I really like had a plan because I had the medication. Okay. Um, it wasn't. So my dad previous, like when we were really little, 2003, he was in a car accident and messed up his back really bad. Um, so he was on medication for that, um, which he since has stopped taking altogether. I don't really know how that works, but um, he decided he didn't want to take it. So that was like my initial plan. Okay. Before, but I didn't know where he kept it. So that wasn't really like it didn't work. But this time, I had the medication and I was like, if I take this all, it'll probably work. 
Um, And that was just really scary to me because I knew that I didn't want that. Like I knew that that wasn't me Mm -hmm. as a person. Um, But I just kind of, I mean, I told the doctor, he took me off of it, um, put me on something else and we just moved. And that was just like for pain. That wasn't even um, like an anti-anxiety, anti-depression med. So I moved to college and um, my roommate dropped out in the first week. Oh, wow. So that was fun. Uh, yeah, we still didn't do that. And then a couple weeks later, I got a new roommate and we were best friends. Like, oh, just, I loved her. She was so great. And like one night I had gone, I went to the lab to study for a lab practical. We were dissecting a fish. Nice. And like I got the fish out of the bucket and I was getting ready to study. And one of my friends who lived in the same town as me was like, hey, I'm going home this weekend. Do you want to come? Mm. I was like, oh, yeah. Like, give me 20 minutes. Put the fish away. Go pack up. Go home. And that was the weekend. I, was, I just said goodbye. I didn't. They obviously didn't know. But I was saying goodbye. Wow. Um, and I came back Sunday night and I'm laying in bed. And Sam, my roommate, goes, hey, I'm starting CrossFit tomorrow. Do you want to go? And I was like, no, absolutely not. Did you know what it was at that point or what she was? Yeah, I had been watching one of my high school friends. Her boyfriend was really into it, like garage gym CrossFitting. We didn't have a CrossFit gym. Um, We still don't where I grew up. Um, But he had told me about it. So I had watched like Killing the Fat Man. And um, another series that they did and like knew who Rich Browning and Dan Bailey were. I actually, I forgot this part of the story. I had messaged Dan Bailey saying that I wanted to start CrossFit. Um, Dan's a great guy. I actually met him a couple years ago, which was super fun. He's the best. Um, and he's and messaged, <laughs> He is in Ohio. Uh, I live 45 minutes from him. Oh, fair. So actually come Wednesday, I'll live like 10 minutes from him, which is cool. Um, but I had messaged him just saying like, I'm going to start this, whatever. And he actually responded the day before my dad had his heart attack and went to the hospital. Oh, wow. Um, so actually Dan kind of like walked with me through that process. And I was like, okay, what do I do? Because I can't, that can't be me. And if I keep on doing what I'm doing now, that will be me way sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he's kind of been my silent cheerleader the whole time. Um, so when I eventually Sam was, She's like, come on, just try it. And I was, I like would not tell her that I knew about it. Mm-hmm. And I had already messaged the affiliate owner here and talked to him and chickened out from going because that's what everyone does when they start. Yeah. And I was like, You've gotten really fine. close to starting before. Yeah. I had messaged him and like, he was like, just tell me when you can meet. Like, you can come in, watch a class. Like, I can explain everything to you. And I was like, okay, awesome. And I just didn't go. And this is like, like a month later and I was like I'm gonna have to face this guy that knows who I am already (laughs) that I chickened out on and I was like fine Sam I'll go um so I tweeted that that night I was like did I really just sign up to start CrossFit and I woke up in the morning and as the CrossFit community does it was a bombardment of people responding that's amazing. And telling me they're so excited and like make sure you go back tomorrow and just the whole thing and I went it was awful like no one's first experience of CrossFit is good yeah. uh, it's good but it was hard 
and I was like, okay, I'll be back tomorrow. Well, so, like the, walking into the gym, like where you walked in with me, what was that experience like? Because I think for a lot of people, that is the most intimidating part is that first time just stepping foot in the gym. Uh, it was intimidating. So they have at the old location, they're in a new location now. It's, it was all glass windows in the front. Okay. So you can see before you walk in and I was like, Sam, we should leave. Like, we don't want to do this. This is a bad idea. And there was a class still going on because um, we were doing on-ramp. Um, we were like in the actual beginning beginner classes. And I walked in and it was literally what you would picture, like shirtless men doing muscle ups and snatching. And you're like, this is not for me. Like, I should not be here. And, and one of the owners walked up and uh, shook my hand and was like, hey, I'm so-and-so. And I was like, I don't want to be here. <laughs> like, it was just so scary. And then his brother, um, so it's two brothers and then one of their wives that own it. And we just like, they introduced themselves and we got started. And like, I didn't realize how awful a PVC pipe could be. Um, I don't think most people do. And now like when I see a PVC pipe, I'm like, this could be awful. Like, <laughs> I don't like that. Um, tool. <laughs> yeah, so it was intimidating, but I felt very welcomed and very like, they wanted me to be there. And it was, whatever you can do is enough. Um, so that was really cool. You everyone's going to be gone by yourself. And if your roommate wasn't with you, do you think you would have backed out? I totally would have backed out. I wouldn't have gone by myself. No way. So maybe <laughs> that's a good oh, Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. She, we're still friends. Um, she actually like fell and broke her tailbone like two weeks in and stopped going. Oh, um, and I just kept going. But it was the initial part was the scary part. Wow. Okay, so you walk in the door, you start, you go back the next day. Um, at that point, tell us kind of what was your health like at that point right before you started CrossFit? You said, you know, you'd recently been diagnosed with fibromyalgia, still having suicidal thoughts. Um, what kind of other like day-to-day -day symptoms are you dealing with? Um, so at the time, I guess I kind of missed this part. In my gap year, I, I really did develop an eating disorder, um, have since like I was diagnosed with bulimia, just wouldn't eat and then would take laxatives. And like, it was like a competition with myself to see how late I could wait in the day to not eat or like to start eating. Mm -hmm. Um, and I wasn't really tracking anything at that point, but it was like a mental thing. So, I mean, I, I was eating like 600 calories and then going to CrossFit and we all know that is not a good decision. Um, makes it way harder. Yeah. Um, but physically, as far as fibro was concerned, like my joints hurt, I was tired, I had headaches all the time, like I was just grouchy. I didn't want to be around people. Um, and I really was afraid. I was like, I don't think I can do this. Like, and the first, the first day, or I think it was the second day, um, one of the coaches introduced me to his mom, who was 65, maybe, who was there doing it. And she was like, yeah, I have fibromyalgia, too. And I was like, uh, of course you do. <laughs> like, this 65-year-old grandma over here is doing CrossFit, and I'm saying that I can't. And, well, that excuse went out the window. Oh, that's funny. That's funny how 
sort of the the right people in the right places can make you put things in perspective. Yeah, for sure. Um, and now, you know, we know exercise is one of the best treatments for fibromyalgia, but it's really, really hard to start, right? Because things usually get worse before they get better. So what was that initial period like for you of starting? Um, yeah, uh, we all know the, like, I start CrossFit and can't sit down on a toilet for two weeks feeling that happened. Like that was very real. I remember I lived on the second floor of our dorm and I would walk down the stairs backwards because it hurt too much to walk up or walk down them like forward. Um, and we had a hill down, like up and down to our cafeteria. And I would like, literally it was painful to walk down that hill both because i was sore but also because my body was just like what are you doing um but within the first month literally my symptoms were gone wow and i was like okay so something here is working and at that point i guess i had been like i've been walking and kind of running a little bit um not like we'll call it jogging not running um so i had been doing a little bit it wasn't that like movement was completely off limits i was kind of like doing some sort of metcon like in my dorm room Mm -hmm. which i wish we had videos of that because um yeah movement patterns are important (laughs) good to know now yeah it's a whole different world once you start having a coach or someone (laughs) someone yeah a little bit better or video or something like that. Yeah, for sure. So that initial part was hard, but then your symptoms, you said, were completely resolved. So what what sort of improvement yeah. you noticed um, as you got started and then as you continued with CrossFit? Um, first of all, it was easier to get out of bed in the morning. Like it was something that I wasn't just like, I mean, I felt like I was 80 or something like my joints just like didn't feel well oiled and like they didn't want to move. Um, And that went away. Uh, My biggest like trigger spots are my hips. Like my hips just hurt. They still do Mm -hmm. sometimes, Um, especially if like there's a lot of hip hinging or something. But that really went away. Like and I was like, this is what it feels like to be a human. Like. And that was so nice. I could pay attention in classes again. I wasn't exhausted sitting in class. Like I had an 8 a.m. lecture and I finally could pay attention. Um, And I just was like, my friends noticed instantly. They're like, you feel better. Like you have more energy and you're more fun to be around. Um, So that was really nice. Just to like, it felt like I was a different person because I could do things again that I hadn't been able to do or couldn't do without pain for a really long time. Um, Because it was looking back, I probably, the onset was probably my sophomore year of high school um, when I had my first ankle surgery, like that's when things really started to hurt, but I just didn't really think about it. Um, So that all really went away other than like being sore because the first couple months of CrossFit, you're just sore. Like, yeah, exactly. We're all gonna feel now when we've been away from a lot of people have been away from a barbell for a few months, and I'm preparing myself that I'm gonna be really sore for a few months here. Yeah. Um. So, what did it, talk about too about the depression, the anxiety? Because you came, you actually came very close to suicide right before starting CrossFit, correct? 
Yeah, it was the night before, like the night that Sam asked me to go. That was the night that I was going to end it. Um, and first of all, it was like I had something that I wanted to do. I had something that I was like, wait a second, this is kind of fun. Like I knew I wasn't good at it, um, but it was something that was like, okay, I think I can do this. Like I think if I just keep showing up, that eventually this won't be half bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was also a community like I went to a really small Christian school, so I had community, too, um, which was great. But this was different. This was I mean, everyone that does CrossFit knows like it just turns into a family and everybody cares about you um, and everyone's excited that you're there. And it was like people believed that I could do something and they believed in my potential. And that was what kept bringing me back and really brought me out of that, that my rheumatologist had recommended me to um, see a psychiatrist. I'm like, I don't need to see a psychiatrist. I'm fine. Like, leave me alone. But I went to the appointment and they were like, this was in December. So I'd been doing CrossFit for two months-ish. And they're like, you're fine. Like, why are you here? And I was like, well, okay, I have to kind of explain this. So it really just gave me something to look forward to and a community to be a part of which obviously changes things I still think the anxiety was there like people have anxiety before starting a workout all the time but it wasn't crippling like I can't get out of bed because I'm afraid of this it was just like this is going to be hard um we have a joke or had a joke in the gym of like how do you eat an elephant it's one bite at a time Mm -hmm. so that was just kind of our approach to workouts like I it was the 12 days is of Christmas like I had just started CrossFit like a month before and I was like you want me to do what (laughs) um but I did it so yeah awesome one rep at a time exactly and then you know you you talked a little bit about the eating disorder how did your relationship with food change if at all as you started CrossFit you mentioned early on you really weren't eating much at all and still doing CrossFit but did did that start to change too? Uh, yeah. So there's there's a long story with that one um, that's still evolving. But yeah, let's that, go. <laughs> yeah, we'll go there. Um, that Christmas break, I ended up living with my coaches again. I knew them for two months, <laughs> and I ended up living in their basement. And one night after a class, I was just like, "Hey, can we talk about food?" Um, And that was something we've talked about since that they like never really knew how to approach that with people of like, obviously that is, that's what we would call the base of CrossFit. Um, It doesn't work the way that it should without that. But he was like, yeah, what do you normally eat? Like on a normal school day. And I was like, oh, I'll have like a banana for breakfast and then like maybe eat lunch. Sometimes just don't eat it, which in my defense, I had like, classes back to back to back to back to back and it was like from eight until two I was not free and then I had a lab so I will claim that one yeah (laughs) yeah but I was like sometimes I'll eat lunch but maybe not and then I'll have like a salad and chicken for dinner and he was like you what (laughs) like that doesn't work um so I while I was staying with them I just like wrote down what I ate. I didn't like track macros or anything like that. Um, And literally his goal was like, just eat three meals a 
okay, please, like, yeah. do that. Um, so I really started to restore that relationship with food, um, which was good. And it was really, like, it went really well um, until that following summer, so summer of 2017. Um, at that time, I was getting really close to 100 pounds loss, which was, like, that's just cool to say. That's uh, yeah. yeah, like you can post it on social media and people are going to be super excited for you. And I was like, well, I just have to do it as fast as I can, right? Um, which brought back the not eating enough. Um, I would like, I would go to the workout, like go to the normal class, stay after, do something else, and then like go back to campus and run. I still can't believe how much I ran in this process. Wow. Yeah. But I would. Um, like I was trying to compete with my soccer friends and run more than them in a week. And that's like disgusting. <laughs> that's soccer not, players yeah. run a lot. They run a lot and they're um, not also doing CrossFit classes probably. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I was doing that and it was just, it was a really bad relationship with food to the point that, um, the people I lived with that summer, um, they were like a year later, they're like, we thought you had an eating disorder and we just didn't know what to do. Wow. And I was like, you didn't say anything. And I was still taking laxatives all the time. Um, man, that is like my biggest regret. That was a lot to recover from. Wow. Um, and that summer, at the end of that summer, I finally realized I was like, something is wrong. And I didn't think it was food necessarily, but I was like, why am I so tired all the time? Like, why am I cold all the time? Why do I have headaches? Um, but I was mixing that with, I had just finished, like I lost a hundred pounds, but then I had this idea that people wanted me to lose another hundred in the same amount of time. Like, wow. That one, I would have weighed like nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and how quickly did you lose a hundred pounds? What was the time frame on that? Um, less than a year which wow. do not recommend that's very ever yeah. uh yeah which i mean if you're not eating and you're doing crossfit all the time it's gonna happen yeah. um so i finally reached out to one of the coaches and was like hey i think i might have an eating disorder can we talk and she was like yeah of course um only female coach at the gym at the time and i went over to their house for dinner and we talked about it and basically at the end of the conversation, well, before that we did the workout and it was a workout that I was like, I was good at all of the movements. The weights were light. They were things that I was good at movements. I enjoyed and I sucked at it. Like it was just bad. One of those like, wow, that was really bad. And it shouldn't have been. Right. And she brought that up and she was like, here's the deal. If you don't eat, we're not letting you do the classes. Mm -hmm. Like that's just how this is going to work. Mm -hmm. Um, so I made the promise to start eating um, and it like it did get better. And then that January, so January of 2018, um, the rest of it was pretty uneventful at that point. I started meeting with one of the coaches as like a nutrition coach. And I was like, this will be really good. I was like, at that point, I hadn't really, I maybe had lost like 20 more pounds um just still a lot if you think about it yeah maybe not though I think I had like stayed pretty stagnant for a while um which makes sense considering how fast I lost that like so I started meeting with him and I was like okay 
I think I'm ready to finish this. Like finish whatever that actually means. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it. I was afraid to eat a lot of food. Like I remember at the beginning, he was like, "I want you to eat 2,400 calories a day," and I was like, "No, I can't do that. Like that's no way." On a Tuesday. Um, yeah, it was just that sounded like so much, which I laugh at now because like I could eat that in two meals, no problem. Um, not that I do, but I could. Yeah. And um, we did that, but when it got to the point of cutting and like decreasing macros, I was like, hey, um, I think this is too much in the sense of I feel like I'm restricting too much. I feel like my eating disorder is coming back. He was like, no, you're fine. Just trust me. And I had no reason not to. And then it would happen again and it would happen again. And what he didn't know was that like I was tracking, but I wasn't eating all that I was tracking, but I was like trying to say something to him. And that was also when I went out to California to HQ to be on that podcast. And I felt like I had to fit this certain image because I was going to be on that video and I was going to, like work out with them and I was like oh my gosh there's so much pressure and that was probably the worst that it got like by far um and, and like on that podcast I talked about how like I'm totally recovered from eating disorders and everything's great and like the camera turned off and I was like actually guys I'm really not okay um and we talked about it like I actually I've been texting on this week which is funny um but we like really talked about like, you're not eating enough food and you don't have to track macros to be healthy. Mm -hmm. um, so I got back and I hit 199. I felt like I made my coach happy because that was the goal, mm -hmm. um, which is cool, not gonna lie. But if the goal is a number on a scale, it's not satisfying because then you're like, well, that's not enough. Let's go to this, let's go right. to this. Um, and I'd gone to my doctor and like when I first started CrossFit, he was like, you're doing, he asked me, he goes, do you have any hobbies at school? Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, I started CrossFit. And he goes, you what? <laughs> and I was like, do you have a problem with that? <laughs> and he was like, no, I just kind of think you're crazy, but I mean, go for it, I guess. <laughs> He's like, I don't think it's a wise decision for your health, but fine. Um, and when I went back to see him that summer, it had been like six months at the time um, because I had lost some and then had, I guess it had been probably closer to eight months. And he walked in the room and walked out oh. and then came back in and was like, Olivia? And I was like, hi. He goes, oh, <laughs> um, oh you're really are you still doing? Yeah, he literally just didn't recognize me. And I was like, okay, really interesting. Um, this is fun. And he, like, I remember him turning his computer around and showing me the graph of, like, my weight over, mm -hmm. of, like, two years. And, like, I, there's a picture of it on my Instagram because I saw that. And it was just, like, wow, I, I did that. Um, and we kind of talked about, like, okay, where, where do you want me to land? Mm -hmm. Like, what is a – he was, like, well, first of all, BMIs are stupid, so ignore that. And I was, like, cool. I like you. You're good. Um, and he gave me this, like, he's like 170 ish. And I was like, okay, that's like, he was like, I'm not giving you anything specific, like ish, wherever you land, you land. Um, 
So he said that I finished nutrition coaching. I had the conversation with everyone at HQ and I kind of tried out zone for a little while. I just hated that. That was like, not, not like the measurements just confused me. Macros made more sense. <laughs> yeah. So I think unless you're, unless you've done zone and like, that's your system that you go to, I think it's hard. Now there's so many apps that you can use to track macros. It's, it's I think, easier for a lot of people. Yeah, uh, totally agree. So after that, I was like, I'm free. I can eat what I want. Mm-hmm. So you kind of felt like nutrition coaching was almost like this commitment that you had made that you had to finish. And then once you were done, it was like, all right, what next? Yeah, I also had this fear of like letting him down and disappointing him. Um, and purposely not naming names because that's just not cool. But like, we've talked about it and I have voiced like, this really hurt me. Um, but we, we reconciled that. And like, we, I mean, we're not friends, but we still talk or if we run into each other at the store, we're fine. Um, but it was just a really, Oh, go ahead. Oh, go, you go ahead. It was just a really like painful experience because it was someone that I trusted and like, sure the calories that he had me at were fine like it wasn't it wasn't anything crazy I think the lowest I went was like 1850 or something whatever um but it was the feeling of it and knowing what I was doing so as soon as I was done it was like I'm free I can eat food again so I went from this like restriction and bulimia to binge eating disorder like that Mm. And I was like, what is happening? Um, which is very common. I think most people know that. Yeah. Um, and I um, I did my L1. HQ sent me to do my L1. Met Dan Bailey. Super fun. Yeah. And the L1 just like radically changed my perspective of CrossFit. Mm-hmm. Um I think everyone should do an L1. I don't think it's for people that want to coach. Like, it's just, I remember sitting there and being like, this is it. Like, this makes sense. I also have never been more sore in my entire life. Right. I would rather do, again. Yeah, <laughs> like, I would rather do Murph than go to an L1 and do that again. <laughs> um, so many spots. But, like, I had, I had the knowledge and it just, took me a while to come back to that so that was fall of 2018 September and right after that actually my own was really interesting because I couldn't squat very well um because I had like this weird pain in my knee and I ended up having surgery like it was like a patellar repositioning and it's fine now um but yeah imagine going to an L1 and being like it hurts to squat and they're like (laughs) okay yeah, like we'll work with it. Um, but I got out of doing thrusters, which was the coolest thing ever because no one likes thrusters. Um, and I came back to CrossFit and was like, okay, I first of all, I went back to CrossFit eight days post surgery. Hmm. Awful, awful, but great decision. It was a great decision in that I recovered really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and my doctor was like, no no heavy lifting for six weeks. And I was like, what's heavy lifting? And he goes, anything other than your body. And I was like, awesome. Not my favorite, but I mean, most of it, I just like, I would sit down and like use the skiers or do like dumbbell strict press or something. 
Um, but I slowly, like, I rehabbed it, but I came back and, like, we all know that it's not about, like, competing to the next, competing against the person next to you, but it was, well, I used to be on the same level as that person, and now I'm not, and I was, like, disappointed that I wasn't where I used to be, and this was also my junior year of college, which we don't talk about because it was actually the worst. so it was yeah I was in like human physiology too physics too um exercise physiology and something else oh advanced human anatomy I had 16 credit hours of straight science like five labs a week and I was just drowning I was like something has to give I was getting up or I was going to bed at midnight and getting up at 4 30 to go to 5 a.m crossfit and I was like this is not sustainable like I can't do this so I quit crossfit (laughs) and which is really funny um and like people know that now but I like hid behind that and I didn't quit working out yeah I like have not quit working out but I was like I cannot do this and we had a campus gym and I was like I have 20 minutes in the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. Like I can go back to my dorm room and do a hundred burpees in nine minutes. And that's just as efficient, but it's more efficient because I'm not wasting a time driving to the gym, doing the whole class, driving back. And like, you know, you stay and hang out and talk to people. And I was like, I just can't do this. So leaving was really hard. Um, probably the hardest thing I've done in the whole process because I just like walked away from it and it was a community that I loved. I still haven't gone back actually. Um, so I, that summer I just kind of did my own thing. I mostly just lifted um, because I, I didn't like that I wasn't as fit as I was before surgery. Um, and I like, I couldn't do burpees that fast because well, like I have a knee that is still healing or the thing that got me the most, I was so frustrated one day. I tried to do box handstand push-ups and I couldn't because my knee hurt to be on it. And I was like, this is just annoying. Like, That's and right. I felt like something had been taken away. Um, but in leaving, I realized, this sounds so weird because I feel like games athletes deal with this a lot, but regular just run-of-the-mill CrossFitters wouldn't normally say my identity is in CrossFit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really felt like I was Olivia the CrossFitter and people only saw that because I was on the CrossFit podcast and I was on another one and I was like plastered on social media Mm -hmm. and I felt like I had to live up to this expectation of being that person. Yeah. And, um, I left and it was honestly, that is the best thing I have done for my health, which sounds so weird. Um, but eventually, so that was the spring of 2019, that fall, I started working with a coach one-on-one, um, someone that I know personally, and he does powerlifting. And I was like, look, I'm kind of curious, kind of want to do this. But I was like, I still think cardio is important. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I still want to do Metcons a couple of times a week or like throw in the assault bike. Don't be afraid to give me burpees, which... I hate burpees, but he still does. <laughs> now you're asking for burpees. Um, yeah, I was like, I I like powerlifting. That's actually really fun to me, and I love it mm. because lifting heavy things is fun. Like that's why people go to CrossFit. Let's be real. Yeah. 
And but I was like, I believe in the health aspect of metabolic conditioning. Um, and it's been through the process of working with him, I still do, that I really found healing and like realized that movement is just to be healthy, not to, I mean, for some people it is like, it's a sport and it pays some people's paychecks and all of that. But for me, like it allowed me to go back to the L1 and be like, okay, this is just for quality of life. This is just so I can be happy and healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, so like now I did go through a period where I was like, like no cardio, please. No. But now <laughs> I'm like, okay, so like I'm going to lift. And then today it was like, I actually, this is the dumbest thing I've done in a while. I was like, I'm going to do a hundred kettlebell swings a day in June. <laughs> it's June 1st. And I want to uh, take that statement back. But, um, like, I still, I still do CrossFit, just not necessarily in a conventional way. Um, and I honestly, I can't say I miss the box setting because for me, it became really unhealthy in a competitive way. Mm-hmm. Um, that I'm just a really competitive person and I felt like I had to measure up to everyone else. Um, and that's not good. And also eating disorder life is, so much better because I had that time to just just eat junk um gained most of the weight back which is not thrilled about but now I'm like okay let's do this the right way let's you know work out but eat real food and nourish my body um and I started working with a new nutrition coach and she's like okay so I really just want to like find your metabolic threshold so we're going to start you at 2600 calories and I was like awesome let's do it Oh, very different like, that you have now. Exactly. So it's just been cool to really give myself grace in the process and figure out what it looks like to actually be healthy and not to try to like fit the mold that social media puts on us to mm-hmm. post this picture or to look a certain way or to have a certain brand time. Like that's not what it's about. Um, but I think I needed my L1 to know that. Um, man, I love the L1. I want to go back just because it's fun. I'm sure you could come anytime. It's, it's every time I hear those lectures, especially the, you know, the what is fitness and the what is health, I think that is truly what it's all about. But it's really cool to see, you know, I think you bring up a great point that there's good and bad in the, environment in the kind of the outside pressure whether it's social media whether it's being in the box and feeling like you're competing against people there but you know finding the right balance for you is super important and making sure that you're doing it for the right reasons right because sometimes peer pressure is good like you know your friend sam getting you to walk in the door that day but then sometimes like you said it can make you start doing things just because you're trying to fit a mold or just because you think that's what people want to see you do. Um, so it's really cool to see you sort of take that into your own hands and, and be it like working out in your garage, doing your powerlifting and no one else is there. You're just doing it for you. Just super cool. Yeah. I have, I've enjoyed quarantine because I, man, I don't ever want to go back into a gym because I like doing it alone. And like, yes, I have a coach. So like, I still have the accountability to go hard and like report that back. Um, But it's just for me. And I think that was something too, when I transitioned to powerlifting, 
all of my programming was percentages, not 135, 95. Um, So no matter what, I knew that I was doing it for me and whatever my ability was. Um, So I couldn't get caught in that trap of, well, I'm not good enough or I'm not strong enough or whatever. And I don't, I don't want to discredit a specific gym or CrossFit itself. It was just my mentality with it that's so easy to fall into. Um, because clearly CrossFit preaches it's you against you. Like it's for your health and to be a better human. Um, but I fell into the I have to be this way, which most new CrossFitters do. Like that's just a yeah. like you fall in love with it, you're like, I'm gonna go to the games and then you realize how hard it is and you're like, actually maybe not. Um, well, in some cases. And and I feel like it's true, you know, you said maybe not a lot of people have made cross with their identity but i think it you know maybe more that people than we expect because for so many people it becomes their thing you know it's like mm-hmm. it's what they like to do in all of their spare time it's where their friends are it's like what they the people that they follow on social media or podcasts they listen to and and so i think it is important for all of us to just take a step back and real like check in like who you know who am i really and what is it that i really want to do and what am i getting out of this mm-hmm. um, or am I just doing it because there's so much like outside pressure? Yeah, for sure. And I like how you on po- social media too. I think you do a really great job of posting real stuff. Like I've been looking at just your recent posts and posting like, yeah, not every day is easy. And a lot of days you don't feel like working out, but you talk about like some of those conversations that go on in your head and how you overcome them and end up working out. Or sometimes how you end up giving yourself grace and taking a day off. And I've heard you talk about the balance between giving yourself some grace and then sometimes you just need tough love. So how do you navigate yeah. that? Because I think that's something we all struggle with, right? Is I know something I struggle with is, you know, being too hard on yourself versus feeling like you're being lazy or feeling like you're not pushing yourself to your full potential. They're, they're both needed at certain times, but, you know, sometimes it's hard to find the balance. Yeah, before I give my own personal, Kat Sherwood just did a podcast on this, on linchpin conversations of like, is it okay to quit a workout? It was great. Highly recommend. Um, But for me, it comes down to a couple of things. The first question I always ask is like, is this to care for my body or is this to control my body? And I think that's just to keep me in check of like, am I doing, like, am I eating broccoli because I want to nourish my body or am I doing it because I want to see a certain number on the scale? Mm. And that really does, like, I'm not saying I don't eat the broccoli if it's like for a weight reason, but um, I do that with workouts too, where like today, literally today I laid down to like do glute bridges in a warm up, and I was like, I could just go back to bed. And I was like, you're fine. You slept enough last night, like, just do it. Like, you're going to feel better afterwards. So I really have to assess, like, what's happening in life. And did I sleep enough last night? Did I eat enough food yesterday? Did I drink enough water? Um, What stresses are happening in life? Like, and quarantine has been super weird for that. There was one day that I was in the middle of a workout. I literally had never quit a workout in my life because I didn't believe that it was okay. And I just started crying and I was like, what is wrong with me? This is so annoying. And I was like, you were in quarantine. It was day like 40 something. Yeah. And I was like, you just moved out of school in a matter of 12 hours. 
and you're finishing school online like you don't know when you're going to see your family again you don't know this you don't know that everything is up in the air i'm like just go take a nap um so for me it's just really assessing like what is happening in life and why why do i feel the way that i do do i not want to do this workout because i'm exhausted and it's friday and i've worked out really hard four days this week or do i not want to do it because my coach programmed a hundred dumbbell thrusters and that sounds awful. <laughs> right. Well, guess what? You're doing the hundred dumbbell thrusters because you're stronger than you think you are and you're just going to do it versus you just need a rest day. Like, and I think you have to know yourself really well to do that. You definitely like you have to, you have to dig really deep into who you are as a person and why you do the things that you do. Um, and listen. And like, it's still so hard for me to take a rest day or like usually Saturday, I'll do some kind of active recovery just to move, just to sweat and do something. And this Saturday, I was like, no, absolutely not. Because I like last week's training was really hard and really exhausting and I just wasn't feeling it. And I'm glad I rested because today was still really hard with two rest days. Uh so it is just, there's just a lot of assessing and a lot of question asking. And I think it's really easy to go through life without asking questions and just being on autopilot. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to listen to your body, you can't be on autopilot. That's so true. What are some of the ways that you've been able to tap into that or to be able to understand your body and yourself a little bit more? Um, wow, that's a good question. <laughs> I don't know. Um, no, it's. It's good. I think the big thing was switching to working out alone. Um, I had my first like powerlifting cycle. Not that I'm like doing a meet or anything or was at the time. It was 12 weeks of the hardest thing I had ever done. Powerlifting is harder than CrossFit in a lot of ways. And it's just different. And every day it was, do you want to do this? Mm -hmm. Like I had to face that reality every day. Um, of like, is this something you really want to do? Because it's not the community that's drawing me there. There's no one else. Mm-hmm. It was just me. And I was like, oh, okay. So that really helped to like knowing, um, knowing what I wanted and like having my priorities set straight. Mm-hmm. Um, but also just like, quarantine I think has been great for this I realized one day like we all have those people in our lives that you can spend four hours in a room with them in complete silence and it would be fine mm-hmm. and you wouldn't feel uncomfortable and I was like I want that to be mean someday like that I can just lay in a room with no phone no tv no noise and just be happy with being with myself mm-hmm. um and that's a really scary place to be um I think a lot of people would struggle with that yeah, so I started just spending time with myself and really just being like, okay, this is how I feel. Like, one realization I had recently was like, I had, I hate saying this, I had my CrossFit body, mm-hmm. um, meaning when I was like really doing CrossFit yeah. and not eating. Um, and I was like, I loved that body, but I hated that person. Like, that person was not happy. Mm-hmm. And now I love the person that I am. Like I genuinely do. Mm-hmm. 
I don't necessarily love my body because it's not that body that I had. Um, but now it's, it's been cool to really dive into, okay, how do I keep this person? Because yeah. I love this person and then slowly refine whatever the new body looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and my coach is really big into, it's really interesting to have your trainer also be a pastor. It's a really interesting dynamic. That's a great call. Um, <laughs> it really is. It's super fun. But his big thing is like, we're not just physical beings and we don't just have a mental aspect or a spiritual aspect. Like if one of those things is out of whack, all of it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've realized that like if I it was one day I was like working out, I was like, this is stupid. All of this is awful. I want to be here. And I sat there and I like texted him. I was like, I quit. This workout's dumb. I don't want to do it. And he was like, what's wrong? And I was like, man, like I haven't taken time to just be alone or to reflect or to pray or to do like just to shut the world out for a while. He was like, go do that. And I spent an hour doing that and then finished the workout and I was fine. Um, So it's taken a lot of time to just find that. I hate the word balance, but really like to have everything on the same playing field and to be giving, giving attention to each area um, and not neglecting one area of health and thinking it's just physical because it's not. Mm -hmm. That's so true. It's, it's all of it. And if you, if you're just focusing on one and you're neglecting the others, it's never going to last. It's going to fall apart at some point. Yeah, exactly. Obviously, you sitting here talking today in 2020 sound like a very different person than who you were in 2016, even or even before that. And how do you like if you look at yourself maybe four or five years ago, what are the things that you're most proud of that have changed as far as your health, mental, physical, spiritual? Oh, that's a good one. Um well, first of all, I'm glad that I started CrossFit, mm-hmm. but I'm also glad that I, I walked out of the conventional box, um, not because I think that's bad. I still think that's great, but it wasn't for me at that specific time period. Um, I am looking into doing that again in the future um, because it is fun, and I think I'm in a better mental space, um, but yeah. I think... Having the awareness, like you said, like knowing the purpose for it mm-hmm. and check in with yourself is so important. Yeah, um, so I'm really proud of that, but I'm just proud of like the perseverance and the grit to just deal with that stuff. Like, I was in counseling and therapy all four years of college dealing with a mess that literally went back to childhood. Um, and to really just dive into that and not be afraid of the messy parts of life because everyone has a mess, and if you say you don't, you're just lying to yourself. Um, and not being afraid of that and not feeling shame for those things. Um, but just like owning up, like not feeling shame for those things, but also owning up to the things that I did wrong and to the things that maybe I'm not super proud of. Like I'm not proud that I had an eating disorder and that I let it get as far as it did, but I'm proud that I recovered and I'm, I'm proud that I let myself, um, I think a lot of people would say I let myself fall off the wagon and gain weight back. I'm like, no, that was healing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, to know that my identity wasn't found in that and my friends don't only love me because I'm fit and can do things. Um, 
they love me because I'm a person and like I think I'm a pretty cool person <laughs> um so I'm just proud of myself for sticking out the process and not being afraid to just keep showing up and to try new things powerlifting terrified me I was like like wow you're picking um my worst lift in the world <laughs> I hate deadlifting which I'm sure you saw on Instagram I have been working on deadlifts so much and they're getting so much better um <laughs> So I'm really happy about that, but I was like, you're picking that. And then bench pressing, who no one does in CrossFit. Right. right. And you're asking me to focus on those things. Like, sure, I can back squat, but awesome. And it was just fun to tackle something new and to like do all the bro stuff. I'm like, what am I even doing right now? Like, <laughs> I don't want to do this in front of people. Um, but it's been fun. That's super cool. What are some of the things? So thinking about maybe someone who is in your shoes four or five years ago who doesn't feel well, who's having struggling with some health challenges, who's afraid to start something new or walk in the door at a CrossFit gym or anywhere else, what advice would you want to give to that person? Um, first of all, I would say to, I mean, literally just contact the owner of your box or whoever the coach is and don't be afraid of like asking for one-on-one -on -one something or other mm -hmm. um because it is intimidating like it is scary but I think just getting in there and like being familiar with the location and the space um and having one friendly face means so much mm -hmm. and then slowly like I mean that's why we have one ramp or fundamental classes um so you're starting with people that are also terrified um so that would be as far as like getting started you literally just have to show up like people are afraid of their first day of work that doesn't stop them from showing up yeah. um people are afraid of starting college you still show up and do it and then here you are four years later and you're like oh um as far as like not feeling well this is the funniest piece of advice that i give to people is to just eat vegetables and drink water hmm. and people look at me like i'm crazy and i'm like if you don't feel good just eat vegetables and drink water my dad like just doesn't drink water mm. and it's a running joke and I'm like hey dad maybe if you drink water you wouldn't have a headache <laughs> or maybe if you drink water you wouldn't be so tired <laughs> and then he like started drinking water and he goes I think I feel better and I'm like <laughs> funny how that works start with the basics Exactly. That's start with the basics is like everyone thinks that you have to jump in and be paleo and do all of this extra work. And I'm like, no, you just show up for an hour a day and eat food, not ingredients, and you're fine. That's all it is. Keep it simple. What about advice to someone who sees someone struggling and wants to help? Um, what are like, the things that you found helpful that people did for you to help you along your path? And then what are some of the things that maybe were not so helpful? Um, yeah, as far as CrossFit itself is concerned, like if there are new people in the gym, just be welcoming, like just go up, say hi, like know their name. I think people taking an interest in just learning my name was really impactful. Um, and like invite them to be your partner in a partner workout. And different things like that um, because we all know it's the community that draws people back. As far as eating disorder stuff is concerned, um, that's hard, but call it out. Like 
say what you see and be prepared for them to be mad at you and to say that there's nothing wrong with them and just keep persisting because I wish that my friends when they saw it would have said something because I was fighting so hard and just struggling and I wish they had said something because it would have saved me so much more hurt and pain in the long run Um, and like I'm not judging them or anything for it like I'm still friends with them Um, but it's it's worthwhile to say something. My roommate, my sophomore year of college had an eating disorder and I called her out for it. I told her coach, actually, I'm really good friends with her coach and was like, look, she has an eating disorder and you need to say something. Like she was a collegiate runner and she was eating 800 calories a day. And I was like, this is not okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And now she's recovered and she's doing great. And she thanked me for saying something. Um, so don't be afraid. Like if you really love someone, you're going to say something. That's great advice. Cause I think it's so scary for people to think, like you said, maybe they're going to, you know, maybe they are going to be mad at you for a period and maybe it's going to be a little rocky on your friendship for a short period, but in the end, they'll be grateful. Yeah. I love that. So I know in the past you had, thought about entertaining the idea of going to med school but now you've changed your plans so tell us now that you've graduated from college what is next for Olivia so I just applied to grad school last week uh, for a master's in nutrition which should not be a surprise based (laughs) on the story Um, yeah so I did my precision nutrition certification last year um, and have been slowly coaching people on the side. Um, and I find so much enjoyment in that. Mm-hmm. And um, through a biology degree, I learned that I hate environmental biology and I think it is obscenely boring. <laughs> um, but I also don't want to work in the realm of medicine where I have to make a life or death decision for someone in five seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think nutrition gives me um, the best best of both worlds where I get to partner with people and hopefully um, the goal would be to work at like an eating disorder recovery clinic um, and journey with people through that but I also can coach people and work with athletes and things like that so I'm pretty excited. That's amazing I think it's so much more meaningful when you find it find such purpose in what you do and you have that personal experience and just by having that experience you're going to be able to help people in so many more ways subtle way mm-hmm. um and and just by them trusting you knowing that you've been there and you're going through the process so that's super yeah. exciting i want to start wrapping up with the three questions that i ask everyone at the end of the podcast so the first one is what are the three things that you do on a regular basis that have the biggest positive impact on your health I prepped for this. I watched one today because I was like, I can't remember the third question. (laughs) Um, I would say, obviously, working out, not necessarily even working out, just moving, doing something um, on a daily basis, and uh, sleeping. I love to sleep. People with autoimmune diseases need to sleep, Um, maybe a little bit more than normal. Any kind of chronic pain syndrome, sleep is so important. Yeah, uh, and college definitely robbed me of sleep <laughs> along the way. So I've been sleeping a lot. Um, and then I would say some sort of reflecting, um, whether it be like praying or meditating or like whatever, 
something like that where I just can like reground and refocus on what's happening and like asking myself those questions to just assess where I'm at. Um, I, I think the three questions for me are just always like, how am I doing physically, mentally, and spiritually? Like, where am I at? Um, and yeah, going back to the, the, how do I know if I'm being lazy or if I'm taking care of myself? Those are the three things that I'm like, they help me to answer. I love that. Do you check in? Do you do those like every morning or certain times a day or th certain things that remind you to check in or just um, you need to? It kind of just depends. Like I physically would definitely be a, like when I wake up in the morning, like, okay, am I sore? Like how do things feel? Where am I at? Um, and then the other two just kind of happen. Like mentally, honestly happens a lot in the workout when I'm just like, yeah, <sighs> okay. But then I'm like, this is fine. Like, and there are just a lot of things that happen throughout the day that make me reassess. Um, and just to question like, okay, I'm feeling anxious. Why am I feeling anxious? Or I'm feeling sad. Why am I feeling sad? Mm -hmm. um, and just being really in tune with those emotions and not being afraid to dive into what they really are. Love that. Okay. So reflecting, you said moving, reflecting, and sleeping. Sleeping. I miss All right. Three things. All right. What's one thing that you're working on that you think would have a big impact on your health? Um, I think food. Still, just your relationship with food. Um, I am back to tracking macros, but we all know how tracking macros can go. That, like, okay, in all honesty, I'm moving in two days. Um, so I'm, like, saying goodbye to friends here and celebrating. And someone brought me a medium blizzard yesterday, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. I'm going to eat that. Yeah. Because, one, like, I'm celebrating things. But also, I made that fit my macros. And that's a dangerous thing to know that <laughs> you can eat. Yeah, we don't need to know that. Um, <laughs> but just like having that, really focusing on um, something my coach said recently was like, eat food, not ingredients. Mm -hmm. um, and I've been really thinking about that. And kind of a rule of thumb that I keep for myself, like, yes, I track macros and try to hit those. Um, which allows balance of like eating ice cream or Cheez-Its or whatever. But every meal is a protein, a vegetable or a fruit and some sort of healthy carb and fat. Um, and those are just like my bullet points of like, as long as you do this, like you're getting the nutrients in that you need and you're going to feel really well. And then if you eat ice cream, cool, whatever. Um, but I'm still, still maneuvering that and figuring that out. And like, I just, I feel so much like I ate that blizzard yesterday and I have felt awful all day today. And I'm like, man, that's the thing. When I think Savon said this in a podcast recently, like when you are healthy, you know when you're not. Yeah. So and that's like a, it's a double-edged sword. It's so true. Like maybe before you would have eaten a blizzard and you would have been like, oh, this just feels like another day. But now <laughs> you eat a blizzard and you're like, okay, I know this is not something that my body necessarily wants to thrive. Exactly. So just learning what that relationship looks like. And I think it's something I'm going to have to maneuver for the rest of my life. Um, but we're slowly learning along the way and just kind of figuring out what, what makes me feel the best. And like, I know when I'm eating well, my workouts feel a million times better and you just feel stronger and lighter and more focused and less tired. Um, but I don't want to go so far on that spectrum again. Mm -hmm. that I restrict and like don't let myself eat the cookie or the ice cream or whatever it is right 
It's such a tough balance. And I think you, I mean, you brought up a great point that, you know, for a lot of people, even just tracking can start to bring back some of those behaviors or, you know, trigger some yeah. of those type of behaviors, but doing it, like you said, now having that accountability and just being aware and checking in with yourself. Like, it sounds like if it's something that becomes a problem for you, then you'll adjust as needed. Yeah, for sure. Like something I do, there's one meal a week that I just don't track. It's usually like Friday night, like I'll track until dinner and then whatever happens afterwards, well, it happens. And like, usually it's just pizza and ice cream, but it's, it's the act of not having to track it Mm -hmm. that, still gives me the freedom or like the past couple weeks have been so many celebrations for so many different things and it's like okay if I'm not tracking a couple days a week for three weeks that's not going to ruin anything it's it's real life so right just trying to keep that balance there and remembering why you're doing it right like you're doing it to be healthy Mm -hmm. and live your life so that you don't have to constantly be thinking about it you know exactly Awesome. Well, third question is, what does a healthy life look like to you? This is the fun one. Um, I think it it does look like that balance of, you know, moving. But I've had to learn recently that moving doesn't necessarily mean a super hard Metcon or really heavy back squats. It can just be like, like Saturday, I took a rest day. I packed all day and I was like, man, I'm exhausted. Like packing is tiring Um, or like going for a walk or just doing like, I've been rowing a lot lately where I just like row for 10 minutes and it's just like the slowest speed ever, but it's just moving. That feels nice. Um, So moving of some sort and then just keeping, keeping a balance with food and like knowing that it's a gift. Like food is a gift. We could survive off of bran flakes and potatoes or something, but like we get this plethora of food that we get to enjoy. Um, and not taking advantage of that in either way, not restricting, but not just, you know, gorging myself on something. Um, and keeping that perspective. Um, and then I think just like, just having fun, like just showing up and going with the flow and like, we care, like we just, I feel like we live such a rigid life all the time, um, which there's a time and a place for that. Um, but I don't think it has to be like that all the time. Um, and I'm really rewarding that because college felt like that. I mean, yeah. you of all people would know, like studying science is not easy and it takes way more commitment than I realized I signed up for. Um, it's so much stress. Right now, right? It's all the the classes and the labs and the study groups and yeah, like um, so just a lot of routine and structure. Exactly, and I think routine and structure are good, but I think for me, like learning to go with the flow and just adapt is really important to being healthy and um, just like building those relationships and the being real with myself. Um, that probably has been the biggest change. Like I don't hide behind things anymore and I'm not afraid to own up to it. Um, sorry, that was very jumbled, but oh, that was awesome. like, yeah, just being real and moving and eating food. I mean, the L1 sums it up pretty well. Right. <laughs> Go back to Greg Glassman's fitness in a hundred words. Pretty simple. Yeah. 
that and the eat meat and vegetables. Mm-hmm. That's I have that magnet on my fridge, I think. Yeah. Um someone got it for me. But anyway. I love it. Awesome. Well, this has been amazing. And thank you for sharing and being so open and vulnerable with your entire story. And it's amazing to see you evolve, you know, throughout the past several years. And I know for all of us, it's this constantly, health is this constantly evolving process and it's going to look different, you know, in every stage of life. So thank you so much for sharing your experience with us. I know a lot of people listening will be able to relate in one way or another. Um, So we really appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. I always like to recap my biggest takeaways after the conversation. And of course, there was a lot here. My first takeaway from my conversation with Olivia was about taking the first step. Even though Olivia was intimidated and she had been sitting back watching CrossFit for years from the sidelines before she finally took the first step into an affiliate, she is so glad that she did. It's hard to take the first step in anything, but maybe doing it with a friend like Olivia did or with a family member can make it easier to get past that initial barrier. My second takeaway was about reflecting on the motivations behind our behaviors. I love Olivia's question, is this to care for my body or is this to control my body? Especially when it comes to food or exercise, it's important to examine the why behind what we're doing. Is it to care for and nurture our bodies and our health or is it for control or for another goal completely? My third takeaway was about giving yourself grace. Olivia mentions several times in the episode how important it is to give yourself grace, and I don't think this can be overemphasized enough. Yes, we want to work hard and push ourselves to reach our full potential, but sometimes we need rest and recovery too, and sometimes that's important for us getting to our ultimate goal. We're not perfect, and we're all on this journey that ebbs and flows in different stages of life. I hope you had some great takeaways from this conversation as well. If you or someone you know has an inspiring story you'd like to see featured on an upcoming episode, please let us know at pursuing-health.com forward slash share dash your dash story. 